Good morning, everybody. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to say before I, I uh, share a message here about Christmas. First of all, just a reminder that we do take up a weekly contribution every week. We do it digitally, so if you uh, are, are able to, you can go to our website, gardenstatechurch.com, and click on Donate at the top. You can give uh, to our weekly contribution, our poor contribution there as, as well, and even the special contribution you can give to. Um, and then I'd like to say, when you're done with that, put your phone down and don't watch the World Cup, all right? I know that some of you are struggling, and I, I respect that. I am, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I mean, football fan myself. I, I'm not, but I, I respect passion, all right? Especially for sports. I have my sports teams that I'm very fired up about. So uh, just hang in there. Uh, you know, this is almost over. So you, for those of you who are, uh, who are struggling, I do want to say, I do want to say in all sincerity, thank you for being here today. It is so good to, to be with all of you in person. It's great to have all of you on Zoom with us as well. Um, it is so nice to be able to worship God together and uh, to remember Christmas. Thank you to Mark Persing and Margaret Persing for curating this whole service for us. They did an amazing job. You guys are incredibly gifted people, and we're so lucky to have you here. Thank you. You know, I know the Bible doesn't actually say December 25th anywhere in it at all. Uh, that, that is just a tradition, December 25th. We don't know the exact day that Jesus was born, but we do know that he was born. And that's what we're here to celebrate. And, and it's exciting that the whole world stops to remember Jesus uh, being born. And today I want to uh, remind us of one thing, and that is I want to remind us and talk to us today about putting Christmas into practice. And I want to do that uh, by reading to you um, from Isaiah chapter 40, because I want to begin by reminding us how big God really is. Sometimes it's easy to forget because we can't physically see God, um, but we can sometimes forget. So listen to, to this as I read portions of Isaiah chapter 40. In verse 12, it says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust, dust on the scales. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither away. A whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Verse 25. Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host? 
one by one and calls forth each one of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. The point here is God is huge. God is huge. And that was, that's what Isaiah is reminding us. Just to kind of put this in perspective for you a little bit. So you can really truly understand the hugeness of God. Did you know that the earth, there are 326 quintillion gallons of water on the earth. 326 quintillion. That's 326 with 18 zeros after it. 326 quintillion gallons of water on this planet. And yet we just read that God measures the waters in the hollow of his hand. Did you know that our galaxy is 105,700 light years wide? That's how wide our galaxy is. A light year, just to let you know, is approximately, give or take, 5.8 trillion miles. That's how far light travels in one year. 5.8 trillion miles. So take 5.8 trillion times 105,700, and that's how many miles across, your tape measure out, that's how many miles across is our galaxy. And yet we just read that with the breadth of his hand, he marks out the heavens. Do you know that Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the world, weighs about 350 trillion pounds? <laughs> 300, that's 350 trillion pounds. And we just read that the Lord weighs the mountains on a scale. That's how we know how much it weighs. Uh, <laughs> A little more manageable number. Did you know that there are 195 recognized nations in the world today? 195 recognized nations, sovereign nations in the world. And yet we just read that the nations are like a drop in the bucket to God. And did you know that there are at least 100 billion stars in our galaxy only about 5,000 of them are actually visible to you and me. But at least 100 billion stars in our galaxy. And yet God brings out the starry hosts, it says in Isaiah, one by one and calls each of them by name. How amazingly huge is God. God is big. And so the amazing thing then about the Christmas story is not that God is so huge. The amazing thing about the Christmas story is that the huge God became a baby. That's what's amazing. Yeah, look at that baby. Listen to God's entrance on earth. Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse four, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. 
a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A little audio effect there. (laughs) Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one, one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph. And the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they had just which they had just been told. Listen, our huge God arrives as a baby. He arrives in a tiny little village, which probably wasn't known for its advanced healthcare facility. He is born in the back parking lot of a local hotel, right? He is wrapped in cloth and placed in a feed box. And then he is surrounded by animals and strangers. Not exactly the ideal birthing conditions. But this, this is how our huge God made his entrance. God became a baby. So what does this communicate to us today? What does this say to us? Well, it teaches us about the immense humility of our God. The God who, remember, measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. The God who, with the breadth of his hand, was able to mark out off the heavens. The God who weighed the mountains on the scales. The God who looks at the nations of the world as a drop in a bucket. The God who brings out the starry host one by one and names them all. This God entered the world as a baby, as an infant, weak needy, vulnerable. What an entrance. What mercy. What strength. What wisdom. What love. What an incredible amount of humility when God became a baby. So what does this humility then mean for you and me? Well, it means a lot of things, but it definitely means that God is approachable. That God is understanding. It means that God is merciful. And it means there's hope for you and for me. We all blow it 
We all make mistakes. We all have weaknesses. We all embarrass ourselves. We all do and say dumb things. And as Nicole read earlier, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But because of the humility of God demonstrated at his entrance into this planet, there's hope. There's hope for us. You know, in religion, people talk about finding Jesus, right? As though he was lost somewhere, right? And if we're not careful, we can take on an attitude that somehow we're doing God a favor by believing in him or following him. You know, people talk about accepting Jesus, and I understand what, what that means. I understand. But I think the real question is not, do you accept Jesus? I think the real question is, does Jesus accept you? I think that's the real question. The real question is, does God in his hugeness care about us? Does God have time for you? Does God want you? Does God even like you? And the great news about the story of Christmas is the answer to all those questions is a resounding yes! Yes! God became a baby. Thank God for his humility. Thank God for the hope that we have because of this. So there's something I'd like to remind us of then today. I'd like to remind us that this humility isn't meant just to be admired. That this humility is actually meant also to be imitated. Hmm. See, God is not just up on the stage putting on a show while we're sitting in the audience going, good job, God, love it. No, God is inviting us also to come up on the stage and participate with him. Let me read this scripture to you in Philippians chapter two, beginning in verse five. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. That's what we just read about. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, a baby even, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, the Apostle Paul here in this writing is describing this humility that we've been talking about. How amazing God is that through Jesus, he came to earth as a baby. He became a person. He's talking about this humility and he adds to it, we should have the same mindset. In short, he's saying, we should put Christmas into practice. You know, it is so often so easy to think about ourselves first, isn't it? 
It is for me. You know, I bought uh, two coffee mugs one time, two identical Syracuse University coffee mugs. I'm a Syracuse alum. I'm a big fan. Uh, and they, uh, we, I, I, bought two, um, I bought two coffee mugs, two, two identical coffee One's for, for me and one for my wife. And uh, one day I was using one of them and I broke it. And I just, without even thinking, I, or maybe I was thinking, I turned to my wife and without hesitation I said, honey, I am so sorry. I just broke your mug. My point is, it's so easy to think of ourselves first. Is it not? Proverbs 18, verse 12, it says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourself. You know, when you got up this morning, you think, what am I going to wear today? Maybe you could think, hey, I'm going to put on some humility. Clothe yourself and put on some other things. It's cold out there, right? But you should clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. We are called not just to admire Christmas, but we are called to put Christmas into practice. So practically speaking, what does that look like? Well, among many, many things, the Bible teaches that humility is service. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility is service. Are you selfish? Or are you a servant? You see this. This is putting Christmas into practice. Christmas, humility, is forgiveness. Colossians 3 Verses 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself, again, here's more clothing, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Any grievance. Yeah, but Phil, there's this one thing. Yep, that counts. Yeah, but you don't understand. Yep, that one counts too. Yeah, but Phil, if only you do. Yep, that one as well. Any grievance. Any. Any. Forgive. Forgive, not just a little bit, but forgive the way you've received forgiveness from God. That's humility. Are you festering? Or are you forgiving? This is putting Christmas into practice. Humility is surrender. Surrender. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, 
that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Not the opposite. Don't lift yourself up. You humble yourself under God's mighty hand and let God do the lifting up. Because when God has lifted you up, nobody can knock you down. So the question is, are you elevating yourself? Or are you surrendered to God under his hand? This is humility. And this is putting Christmas into practice. Yes, Christmas is a demonstration of God's love. And it's also an invitation to participate and be part of God's plan. Thank God for this baby Jesus. In April 2007, the late Queen Elizabeth visited the United States of America. It was the 400th anniversary of the starting of Jamestown, Virginia, the first English, permanent English settlement in the New World. And listen to the details of this visit as reported by a Vermont newspaper. This is talking about Queen Elizabeth's visit in 2007. It says, the royal visit will last six days. The planning began eight or nine months ago, a spokeswoman for Buckingham Palace said. Every step of the Queen's route must be gone over. All corridors, for example, must be wide enough for her to pass people without touching them. Her preferences in food, reported not to include fish, must be conveyed to her hosts. A plane, which is a Boeing 777, must be chartered and the interior configured to make it fit for a queen. And then there's all the packing to be done. She must bring, of course, gowns, crowns, and other queenly items. Black garments are always included in case events suddenly call for mourning. She'll need at least one diamond tiara and, of course, the requisite assortment of hats. The queen also has to bring gifts such as brooches, cufflinks, pens, and the like. There are boxes of royal papers to which she must attend, and she has been reported to travel with as many as 50 pairs of white gloves. They get soiled when she shakes hands, and soiled gloves will never do. The queen has been reported to always travel with an assortment of personal items as well, Photos of family members, a certain type of water, homeopathic remedies, special jams, and her favorite tea, along with her favorite teapot. Overall, her luggage for this six-day trip across the ocean weighed between two and three tons. <laughs> God took a trip. And he showed up as a baby with nothing. He was little, he was vulnerable, and he was needy. God is big, but Christmas reminds us that God is humble. And God's humility equals hope. Hope for you and me. So let us worship our great God. Let us appreciate 
his greatness. Let us be in awe of his love. And let's follow his example. Let us be people of humility. Let us put Christmas into practice. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you.